Okay, we are recording now. Hi everyone, my name is Sana Ahmed. I'm the founder of the Product Marketing Institute. And every week I have guests who join me um, all the way from senior level to the C-suite um, to talk about their efforts in product marketing in the B2B technology world. Um, I have started the Product Marketing Magazine and the Product Marketing Podcast as a way to share a lot of this thought leadership with you. So I'm excited to introduce my guest today um, I will give it to him and he's going to give us an introduction on all the great things he's done in his career, what he's doing now, and we'll start picking each other's brain about product marketing and uh, you guys will be able to um, brain absorb all of that as, as we go. Hi, Todd. Hi, Sana. How are you? Thanks for having me here today. I'm doing uh, well. How are you? I'm great. I always say, pandemic aside, uh, things are good, but feeling... Uh, you know, it's been very, very busy and very intense for me over the past uh, three months. And just glad I'm here in Chicago with my family and still safe. So, Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you for uh, joining us as well. So you mentioned the pandemic. This is really interesting because the whole world is affected by this. You're currently working at the American Medical Association. You've done a lot of product and marketing related roles in the past, and you're doing that right now as well. I'm eager to share with the audience all these great things that you've done and how that's relevant to how you're tackling some of the pandemic uh, challenges today via the American Medical Association. Oh, great. Uh, I mean, product marketing uh, really just is a zeroes in on my background. I started out at Procter & Gamble uh, a long time ago in consumer products uh, development and marketing. And uh, that's where I kind of cut my teeth, so to speak, and learned the basics of of what it is to manage a consumer products business and what it is to be really consumer centric. And I uh, carried that through into a very strange place. I went into advertising after that and worked for a big agency called Leo Burnett in Chicago uh, for seven years. And in that uh, kind of period of time, realized that my kind of calling was around new product development. And I I uh, actually invented a new product, kind of uh, Gladware plastic containers, the containers you love to use and can afford to lose. And it taught me nice. <laughs> so much stuff about what it was, uh, what product development was about and where product and marketing came together that I never, ever forgot. And as I transition into the next really two decades of digital product management and uh, website general management, those are the lessons that I've never forgotten. And they've rolled, you know, throughout my career, whether, you know, the beginning at AOL, all the way up through kind of my media career. And then as I entered, you know, more of a commerce environment uh, at the Daily Racing Forum in New York with digital subscriptions, you know, that knowledge base is really what has prepared me for my role now, which is chief experience officer at the American Medical Association. That's wonderful. Tell, tell us more about what it's like to be a chief experience officer at the American Medical Association, what your whole like sphere of influence is like, and what some of your top like projects you're working on now that is relevant to the power that we see with product marketing and also with some of the pandemic um, challenges that the whole world is facing, right? Yeah, the uh, the title chief experience officer, you know, means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And in fact, as I am apt to do when I get a new job is I Google what what I what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And one of the things I realized, like if you look in the world of experience, like I think, it, you know, it grew out of a very different 
uh, era. Sometimes it's very design focused. A lot of times it's strictly about customer service, but there was no real definition for the way that I view experience now, which is the seamless integration of product and marketing and technology and service in pursuit really of the acquisition and retention of customers. And so that's what I do. And when I got there, it was a new title for the organization. Uh, I was primarily focused on membership, uh, really uh, supercharging the American Medical Association's membership efforts, uh, you know, acquiring physician, student, resident members, and keeping them. And, uh, you know, the, one of the key things I learned really quickly was, you know, in the, I guess in the realm of experience, there wasn't much of one outside of a very small and core group who were, you know, very involved in the AMA's policy making uh, kind of uh, initiatives. But outside of that group, the experience, you know, I always said it was kind of like get an invoice here in the fall and a renewal notice the next year. And there really wasn't a lot in between because we weren't uh, doing the kind of communicating to that audience about what it was we were doing on their behalf. And so uh, a big part of what I did was to help transform which, uh, what was very much about a kind of a direct mail operation into a digital uh, publishing and marketing operation that uh, drove our, uh, both our membership initiatives and the impact of our mission, uh, membership and mission. Uh, and instead of those being two separate things in two different silos, that they went together. And I think uh, what we've experienced over the last three years is by really pulling together a lot of disparate pieces across the organization, we've gotten a lot of traction and we've been so much more effective at communicating that story and making sure people know what we're doing. That's so powerful. You mentioned some important things, which is ultimately you're doing two things, playing the connector. You're looking at all these different experiences that are taking place with the customers. You're closing in the gaps to see what kind of complete customer journey you can create for them versus having a disjointed experience. And then as a chief experience officer, the E can also stand for empathy as well, because then you're sort of getting down to the level of the customer to see what else is it that they may need and that's what allows you to be able to create a product experience for them right with what currently exists and some what things you want to create that are new so at that point it's how do we not you know completely throw everything off the table but how do we combine it into a completely brand new experience that the customers will love and enjoy it and then want to uh, come back. So you mentioned those two KPIs with the acquisition and retention. So that's pretty powerful. Um, I, I like your uh, I like your your comment too about empathy. Yeah. Because um, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a strength of the organization uh, to be known as like a lis listening to physicians. In fact, right away I found out uh, basically no nobody knew what we were doing. And so it's very hard to like create a connection with people when they don't know what you're doing. And believe me, we were doing a lot. Uh, it's just that we weren't telling anybody about it. And so it's a funny kind of uh, conundrum to find yourself in and then to create, you know, uh, an organization that it becomes a listening organization that does put members at the center. And, you know, one of the interesting things we did at the very beginning was we actually started 
uh, a campaign for membership called Membership Moves Medicine. And in that campaign, we started experimenting. We had a, a celebrity photographer in, in Chicago that we connected with, and we started taking these heroic pictures of physicians, and we replaced all the stock photography in our uh, mailings, on our site, because physicians told us they were tired of seeing that. They wanted to see real physicians. And that one step really changed uh, the organization because they started seeing everywhere, in the lobby, in our mailings, all over the place, these magnificent heroic pictures of physicians. And it changed the way physicians thought about themselves because they're up against so much all the time, so many obstacles that they needed people to understand. They really, they're really heroic. So that was a, that was a big learning for me. It's just so exciting to hear that. And um, having done product marketing for so long, I can appreciate so much of what you're saying because I would come into organizations and these, all these different efforts would remain siloed. And um, even towards the end of my tenure at those companies, it's like, oh gosh, it's still siloed because I didn't have necessarily a leadership team such as yourself who was thinking about how to tie all these things. Some things you mentioned in there include like brand, brand awareness. It's like, how do you shift um, the perception of AMA and what they're doing for the customer, which in this case were the physicians, and how do you shift the physician's perspective and perception on what the AMA can do for them? So there's this whole branding and awareness uh, uh, effort that sort of goes on, that, which is to me part of the whole product marketing funnels, which is awareness, adoption, retention, and then you know where you want to, uh, grow and acquire into other other audience segments as well. And so when you came in three years ago, you were thinking about this all the way from that very beginning of that product marketing funnel and thinking about what what can we do and how can we make everyone aware of it before we jump into the other stuff, which is like acquisition and retention, right? Yeah. So that's very smart that you thought about it from that. It's, uh, it's interesting, I mean, that you bring that up because I, I have this uh, saying that uh, because things have become so seamless between product and marketing and commerce in the digital world that the funnel that you just kind of named, which I think a lot of people have in their minds is very sequential. Like, oh, I became aware of your product. I am going to explore. I'm going to take that next step and try it. And maybe I'll repeat it. Like, those are like those of those uh, glory days at Procter & Gamble. Now I, ca I call it the tornado funnel because you can go from not you know, from like this little thing in your mind, I need or I want something, you know, I would say like, I went from like, I need to go on a vacation for spring break to having booked, you know, a complete package in Paris for four in 10 minutes. And the reason you can do that is experience because someone thinks about everything between that thought and that end goal. Um, all of the digital infrastructure and marketing that it takes to make that seamless right? It, it's, no one knows like what aspect, where they are in the funnel or the difference between product and marketing. It's all kind of in there together. Uh, and it's the job of the marketer and the product marketer to figure out how to make that so seamless that it just, uh, people just know what they, that they got what they wanted. Uh, so that's kind of what I had to kind of start to build uh, in that. That's so exciting. I'm, I'm just now feeling this nostalgia where it's like, I wish I could go back <laughs> my previous um, 
roles and companies within product marketing and just wish that I had you that I could work with to really break all of that apart. So that's really exciting. Um, and I, I, in our prior conversation too, with you describing uh, in detail some of the things that you did and up until this point, it's so unique, um, your perspective, because you worked at the C-level marketing, you've worked at a big um, agency as well, and now you are at the AMA. And what a, a lot of people, a lot of perceptions um, that I experienced when I worked um, with um, cross teams, especially in marketing, and even with agencies, because we would have agencies, whether I was like a, a startup or even a, a big tech company, we had all these different vendors that we would work with. and. It's just so interesting because it's a very visceral aspect of marketing emotions and this is what we think we can go about and do, but it's another thing to be able to bring it all together and validate it uh, and, and really be able to have a process in place where it's like, we're gonna define this ex experience, we're gonna research it, and then we're gonna um, be unafraid and be bold and build this experience out and then deliver it, which is really the entire product marketing experience, right? When you step back and look at it from a leadership perspective and as a from a product marketer's role, you've experienced this throughout your career, but now that you are more so, even more so at a leadership level, you're able to tie all of those things together and really be able to deliver that for the company um, and be able to scale that, which is so exciting to hear. Yeah, you see, I mean, you see this problem in marketing writ large, uh, where there are so many marketers that, you know, are either, you know, CMO tenure is down and they can't seem to make, the, you know, get the traction there. All these different people get hired with the kind of different titles and all this stuff. And what it really comes down to is uh, marketing folks organizationally don't generally have the purview and the skill set to deal in today's marketing environment, which is absolutely uh, like this with product and technology and commerce. They all come together. And so it's very hard to find someone who's adept at, you know, adept at those things. I've, you know, in my, I'm lucky because I went from marketing and into product and my eyes went open and then I went into commerce and it just, it totally changed me um, because you have brand marketing and you have product. A lot of the times people aren't talking to build something that people actually want. Uh, and then there is the whole performance aspect of it. How do you get people to it? How do you manage a digital funnel? Uh, it's a whole new set of, it's all new language, which, you know, certainly the AMA when I got there, you know, the terms like CPA and, uh, you know, they, they're just not in the vernacular. Uh, and so to kind of start to build out that platform and to be able to show people what we could do with it uh, was very exciting. And I think it kind of led, to, I would say, a convergence of a lot of activities because uh, eventually the brand marketing part of it did fold in. And so we really do have one cohesive unit uh, that is, you know, managing kind of from soup to nuts in many respects. Uh, the whole spectrum of thing that constitute product and marketing. And then we've established a very close relationship with the other parts of the organization that manage, you know, for lack of better terms, you know, they are our products, they're uh, our mission initiatives and uh, our advocacy and our work to enable physicians to get reimbursed, uh, you know, for their, for their work. Those are 
in and of themselves, you know, managed like their, their, their product initiatives, so to speak. And it's how do we bring those all together and, uh, you know, achieve the objectives for the, for the whole organization that becomes then the opportunity. That, that I'm just smiling from the inside out, just listening to you. Cause it, I, you truly do get it and you do understand it. Um, and that is something I do, um, with, uh, employees at a lot of these, even big tech companies where you would assume that the converge convergence of products and marketing and, uh, client services and sales, like everyone just gets it and we're all coming together. But this is sort of this whole evolution now that every company is facing, which is how do we digitally transform and how do we do it well, where we can scale internally, um, break down those silos, come together get those right skill sets, which gets me excited because I love to be able to share that with people. And that very much is really adapting the agile mindset, like from every aspect of your professional life and even personal as well, because things are just constantly changing. But how do you focus? How do you get everyone to follow a specific path at the speed um, that we can all go at and deliver a cohesive customer experience, right? And there's just so many skill sets that are involved, like you mentioned, from design thinking, service design. Now it's like you have products that are following this agile methodology. So how do we now on the marketing side and the client services and the sales side, how do we empower people to um, work with us in that sort of method versus uh, just, you know, constantly being maybe confused or falling behind in terms of uh, everyone coming together and moving forward to deliver that complete uh, customer journey. And so you have gotten it, you've hit it, hit the nail on the head. And I'd love to just maybe segue into anything more of you'd like to share more deeply from your experience at AMA. I know that you have a presentation as well, and I would love to maybe deep dive into a case study or a case story that you'd like to share with the audience. Yeah, I'll just, uh, you know, hit on a couple of things. I think that in terms of the, if you look at milestones that we've gone through and what enabled the kind of collapse of a lot of these silos, you know, one was like the just sharp, sharp, sharp focus on who the customer is. And, you know, there are about a million and a half physicians out there. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not a mass audience. Uh, so we're not trying to be the New York Times or, you know, Washington Post or anything like that in terms of audience size. It's, you know, it's a very defined set of people, but even in that million and a half, people are very different. So I think the belief uh, for a long time had been, oh, they're all, you know, they're all think the same or do the same thing, or we shouldn't send that out because this, you know, they'll all be upset about this. And it's like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I've been, I've done so much segmentation work in my lifetime. The first, the first thing we did was begin to segment our audience. And we, we completely changed how we thought about our position segments. And that in turn changed everything about the product development and the marketing part. Once we understood that better about the unique segments that made up our audience, we began to be, uh, you know, be able to communicate with people in a much more personalized fashion. It helped us figure out what we should produce uh, and you know, the point of view that the organization was take, you know, taking. And then that eventually led into, for really what I'll call the first time, a cohesive brand strategy for the AMA. And we planted a flag, you know, very clearly that said, you know, the AMA's, uh, the physician's powerful ally in patient care. And, you know, there are four different ways that we do that. Here they are. 
And that really was the first time that I think people had the language, you know, to move beyond like the loftier explanation of the mission, which people know what that is, but to say, what's the AMA do? You say, we're the physician's powerful island patient care, and we do it in these four ways. And people are like, okay. And we actually proved that if I just said those four lines, people knew what we did. And so that was a huge, a huge milestone for us to do that. And then it began, became, how do I translate that, and that into product initiatives that reinforced? What are the things that I want to talk about uh, at an enterprise level that will drive the metrics of the brand? Uh, and the underpinnings of that really were the digital platform and the realization that a huge product for the AMA is our content. And that was just not being leveraged to the extent and certainly not employing content marketing to the extent that we are doing now. And that has made all the difference. And I think it's prepared us, you know, by building out a publishing machine, getting the expertise in about uh, content marketing and digital marketing, put us in a position. So when we all returned from, you know, our holiday break in January and there was a virus uh, on the loose and a pandemic coming down, you know, you know coming, coming at us fast, that we needed to respond very differently. And so that's, I, I put a little presentation together uh, called How to Break Through in a Pandemic, uh, because uh, I think everybody experiences this pandemic very differently. For us, it's you know, been more important than ever uh, to be out there and uh, advocating on behalf of our physicians and patients. There's such a disconnect between uh, all the different audience segments there are, let alone maybe even being able to define one. And it's more than just putting a, a sentence or two together. It's really being able to do the research and get to know who those customers are and what their needs are. And those needs then govern the type of uh, customer journey that you then create for each of those um, audience segments, which then boils up into something like a, a messaging uh, uh, a messaging of like two to four sentences. And that then fuels so many other things like the narrative of the brand, how people think about it, how you can continue to influence them, how you sell and how you pitch and how you take that to market. So, oh, I, I yeah. totally missed out on a lot of leaders like you early in my career because this is just um, so exciting. So I'm excited. I would just say it's hard to like, they don't really teach they don't really teach this anymore. I don't know. I guess if you go to pro work for Procter & Gamble, you'll learn some of this or a uh, place like Burnett, a big agency. But, you know, that is where I learned how to like create a brand proposition. And, uh, you know, I always tell people like, if you, you don't have a segmentation that describes uh, in behavioral terms uh, and, and a predictive way that says, if I stand for X, you'll do Y, like don't even bother like doing product development. It's not worth it. And I, you know, my other kind of thing that I am part of my team is like, uh, you know, we live in a uh, landing page mentality world and you have to think like one. 
And if you can't tell your story in one headline and three bullet points and make someone change their mind based on that, start over. That is just so powerful. You just gave a very good product marketing lesson to everyone across the board that sits on the business facing teams as well as the product facing teams. And uh, it's, it's just this, um, it's like this interconnected tissue between the technical teams and these non-technical teams of how do we build a product? And ultimately it's governed by who is the customer, what their problems are, and how can you speak to them in the most humanized, simple way possible? And because you've had a lot of this experience from the agency side and the CPG side, that's been the closest thing to, I think, what uh, formalized, like proper marketing and, and being able to think about it from the, the right order from A to Z. Um, and then when you try to throw that model into the agile technology setting, we ideally should be following that model. But what happens is that uh, you have teams that are working on two week sprints, one week sprints in some cases, like where, where I worked at, like Facebook and um, uh, PayPal. And you just don't have the time to do the right research, right? To be able to get to know the customer properly and really be able to hash out those audience segments. Um, it's rare in any given moment, if you speak to any technology company, especially if they're closer to the startup phases, they rarely will have a book of business which has those um, audience segments that are clearly outlined. And therefore, you're going to have so much um, guessing in terms of what how you're going to try to build those audience segments out. And so I think the, the really great marketers nowadays who can really lead the digital transformation era are the ones who had that discipline pre-digital, you know, digital, and then they know how to quickly be able to translate that into a very fast-moving technology environment. And I really do see that you've been able to do that successfully. So Yeah, I think a lot of that is, uh, say, like the mythology of like the product you know, innovator in digital world is this, I had this idea and I iterated myself uh, to success. And that's like the hero story. Yeah, I did that and I burnt through like a hundred million dollars to get to, finally, I have a product concept. And I'm like, I don't think I would do that. I would come up with a very strong product concept and then you can iterate your, your way toward uh, what that thing looks like in terms of the execution of it. But if you don't have a strong product concept going forward, I mean, like, I don't even move. Like, I don't, even, don't start coding. <laughs> like, it's not a good idea. Spoken like a true, um, true C-suite leader that you are. Like that, you pretty much hit the nail on the head because that was my experience early on at startups, which is like, there's a lot of venture capital money that they have. And they're like, well, we're going to do a whole bunch of R&D and we'll figure this out as we go, which is fine but you still have to follow the the process of what is the strong product um, market fit early on and who the customer is and we still need to there's a level of research threshold that you need right before you can go ahead like you said go ahead and start coding um, I think the the myth mythology that you're mentioning in technology is that you see a lot of these startups who got lucky right in some ways because they were just kind of, you know, like that garage, I'm playing around yep. in the garage and sort of figuring this out. And they seem to get lucky the first time around without that much research and know that this is my product market fit. And they were able to scale super fast. Like, let's say like a Facebook where it's like there was no such social network necessarily that existed the way they were introducing it. And so this was an entertainment 
product to a degree and um, it, they were just, they were able to do their growth str marketing strategy and be able to scale super rapidly. Um, but they, they kind of remained in research and development mode, right, for a very long time. And they were able to still be able to bring in the revenue and still be able to kind of make their mistakes, but still be able to scale, which is part of the, the whole learning process. But not other companies can necessarily take that. Most companies, I want to say, uh, cannot take that route because you can't just guess your way through the market. You really need to understand product market fit and validate that to a degree and hit that threshold before you then go and start building the product and coding and then, you know, ultimately do the product market and take it to market. So, yeah, I, I think uh, if you wanted, you could probably at some point run your own, uh, start your own company and uh, build your own product too, because you get it. <laughs> you get it from, you know, 0% all the way to 100% of what it takes. Well, that's how my mind, I, I just love figuring out that little problem of like, how to persuade somebody to want something, uh, but you have to start with something they kind of already want, but just may not know it and how to express that in a way that provides real benefit to them. And that benefit's not always based on like facts and uh, there's emotion tied up in there as well. So yeah, using your in intuition as well, right? It might not be something that you can necessarily prove with the data because that benchmark doesn't necessarily exist yet, um, but, how can you, given your experience and intuition, try to, you know, push that to market uh, at a small scale and then see if that works well. And if that test works well, you have this entire rest of your uh, audience segments to go after. So, and that's why I do love like this digital world. I was like, it's a dream for me because there's so much as I kind of went through my career, it was all about like, do I know if this is working? I went through that whole phase in advertising where it was just like an opinion against another opinion. And if you're an account person, you always lose that because they don't think you're creative enough. And I love being where I am right now because you can take a lot of guesses and you can get to that answer very quickly and very cheaply uh, to figure out what's working, not working. It's just like, you know, it's very straightforward. And so like that, I think that for us, you know, that process of testing and becoming uh, energized and into being a testing culture and understanding how you can do that and rapidly iterate uh, based on that. Like I, at this point, I'm like, you know, it used to be like, I, you know, I don't want to get a fight about ideas. And now I'm like, I don't care. I just want what works. Bring it on. I'll test it. I'll put it into the thing and we'll figure out yes, yes or no. I don't care. I just want to grow. And, and that is the essence in a nutshell. If we were to define what the digital transformation era is and the mindset that companies need to be able to move and be, uh, come into this innovative space, which is scary for the traditional mindset, right? Of like, I need to um, see it to believe it. You're able to quickly try to test a bunch of things out. Um, and then see if you're able to scale it. And those very digital tools that we're using now allow us to do that. And that's just so exciting. And I think there's a lot of companies where it just needs to sink into their heads. And the thing for me that I love to do with the Product Marketing Institute is really be able to give those people the skills of exactly what you're saying. How do we quickly um, iterate on these things and try to validate it so that we can then grow and you know, run with it? And that's just such, there's so, when you really wear that hat, 
there's so many possibilities and there's more possibilities than not, right? Of success and of, of growth and really being able to build on that, that, you know, despite what we're experiencing in the pandemic, I still see so much more opportunity for companies uh, to be able to transform into this mindset and create new opportunities and new success stories where you, you just keep going from there. It's like no one necessarily has to lose. There's so much space for everyone to win. And these digital tools that we're fumbling around with smartphones in our hands and whatnot, those are the very things that can um, empower us to be able to scale out a lot of these um, business innovations that we're going after. And you certainly definitely get it. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, putting, putting in place that kind of fundamental platform uh, has been the biggest change for our organization in terms of being able to execute the vision of what we want to do. And it certainly puts us in a better position now uh, when, you know, the world is in a crisis uh, state and we're all working at home. So yeah, go do it then. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I think we've proven over the past two months. Like as an organization, I've never seen a place come together so quickly, so strongly and like produce so much, uh, like it's been a, it's been a thrill uh, in that regard. Because, uh, you know, as I say in this, it's, it's life or death for, you know, our members, like literally and their patients. So this is like not messing around. So share with us your wisdom, because I'm excited for you to walk us through a, a case study or a bunch of different things that you've been working on in this pandemic and everything we talked about, uh, about product marketing and digital transformation. Now, um, you're doing this, um, you're leading this at the American Medical Association. It's not just a concept. This is not pie in the sky messaging. You're taking all of this and you're implementing it right now and you're affecting everyone inside the organization and outside the organization in a very positive way to date. Yeah, so I'd you, love to be able to hear you that. You talked about that thing up front about, uh, about really kind of pulling people together across an organization. I think that's where product and marketing people can, can serve that role. Because uh, when you have like this existent, literally an existential threat uh, that comes in an organization, it, you know, any, any multi-brand organization or multi-unit organization is not necessarily like equipped to respond to something like that. And someone has to kind of start to pull it together. And I'll talk a little bit about, you know, how we uh, did this. I won't bore everybody with the uh, um, details of everything in here, but we'll just kind of uh, fly through some of the things if I can get this. There we go. So I, I just called this breaking through in a pandemic because I, uh, I told you like at first, like I, I, it looks like a quaint problem from last year that no one knows what we're doing. But, you know, you throw on COVID-19, and it's a whole different ballgame. Uh, so many different voices, so many sources of information, so, so many sources of misinformation, uh, and like some hysteria thrown into the mix. Uh, you know, for us, as I mentioned before, our physicians are facing like life or death consequences from this, and their patients are too, and continue to this day to face that situation. So, you know, we heard loud and clear uh, you know, it seems like longer ago, but it was like late January. Like, where are you, AMA? We need you, and we need to hear and know that you're making your, you got our backs on this. Um, and so, for us, that meant a very, you know, uh, interesting pivot 
uh, that built on our core competencies and our kind of base strategy uh, that we have in our kind of business units, but really how do we adapt that? What are the metrics that, you know, that my team was going to be facing? What's product in this environment right now? And then, you know, how do we leverage media and change our distribution models? You know, I mentioned before, we've got a brand strategy, physicians, powerful ally and patient care. But the question for us was, so what's that mean in a pandemic? Because this is no longer like a highfalutin idea. Like we're on the front lines and people are dying. So for us, we looked out there and said, you know, we, uh, we, we can see three key problems. Too many sources of facts, excuse me, too many sources of information, not enough facts. And so for us, that meant, you know, we could be that place that began, you know, in partnership with the CDC, WHO, and other places, build a set of definitive evidence-based clinical resources. And we were at that in January. So we were out ahead of the curve. We kind of saw it coming. We had no idea where it was going to go. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about the ramifications of where it eventually did go in terms of distribution. But uh, that was one kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, part of the stool, so to speak. Uh, second problem, you know, we're not listening to and learning from or acting on the experiences of frontline physicians. And so we had to shine a spotlight on their voices and turn that into action. And the final one is, I, I don't know if you know much about medicine these days, but there are a lot of obstacles uh, to patient care uh, that get in the way every day of physicians being able to do what they love to do. And so COVID-19 thrown on top of that just magnified every problem. And then you had these fundamental problems about the lack of protective equipment, testing and regulations and payment and all this stuff. So just, Matt, you're just trying to save lives. Like, how do I do the rest of this stuff? So there are really three clear places where, you know, we could enter that. And a lot of that responsibility, you know, was a partnership between my team and the rest of our organization that were producing all of the potentially benefit con you know, content and programs to bust through those things. You know, for us, we had to kind of put aside our traditional metrics. You know, we are not at this point out there with membership asks in our direct mail or online. Uh, and that, you know, has a revenue component, obviously, as part of that. For us right now, it was maximize qualified audience to reach people with COVID-19 resources and we will trust that by doing a good job at that, showing physicians that we have stepped up to this task, that we will strengthen the brand. And when we do go back to, you know, uh, this kind of post-acute scenario, that we'll be in a, uh, you know, a, a good position uh, with our audience. So, you know, I say like the product marketing model went from like a little bit of a confederacy where you have like a lot of business units doing their own thing. And then, you know, we're working with them along the way and then kind of mining, I would say, the successes of these organizations and the wins to promote those toward building that sense of uh, our brand strategy to an era, you know, arena where it's all one thing. So we layered on that aspect of COVID-19 and our objective of helping them combat it. Uh, and so all of these different units began to produce toward that. And so it's not that we changed our focus on physician wellness. We always had, we've had that going on, but it's how do you adapt that to a time when physicians are like, they're, you know, they're experiencing PTSD uh, from going through two months of the most death they've ever seen in their lives. This is really taking a toll on them. And that's organization wide. And by doing that, then, you know, we began to produce more. And, you know, when I talk about product, I talk about, in, you know, several buckets. One is clinical resources, 
you know, we are lucky enough to have the Journal of the American Medical Association be a part, you know, a, a huge part of this organization and the work that they're doing to speed their research uh, to market combined with what we produce, uh, which we produce a lot of content on our site. So we have a lot of news and then we work with all these different business units to produce over 40 different guides to fighting the pandemic for lots of different target audiences, for students or residents, for seniors, to help them get adapted to telemedicine. You know, how do you deal with ethical situations where you're having to you know, potentially choose who gets treatment and who doesn't? Uh, how do you deal with the significant uh, immersion of health equity disparities between the number of black people dying and white people dying of the same, you know, same illness? Uh, and then advocacy where we're out on Capitol Hill you know, every day trying to you know, fight for financial relief for doctors' offices that are getting hit very, very hard to reduce regulation around telemedicine and to uh, enable kind of new codes uh, that allow physicians to get reimbursed for uh, the work that they're doing. You know, media is a huge part of always what we're doing. This has been an organization that's done a lot of press, press releases. Um, and we do media, obviously, but this has been like supercharged like crazy. If you haven't seen our president out there, you're not watching television. You know, we've been on Oprah, our head of health equity, had an interview with her. Um, you know, we are out in a big way, uh, but we needed to do more because, you know, still breaking through at that uh, network level, we had to invent our own media. So I have like a tiny little commercial here, which I hope will play. If it doesn't, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Thank you. So interestingly, that uh, resident that said, forgive me for being too honest, we shot that. The next day, uh, someone that he knew that worked for CNN saw his segment. And the next day he was being interviewed from, by Chris Cuomo from Chris Cuomo's basement. Because um, uh, they found out that this particular resident had uh, recovered from COVID and gone right back to work. So we, I, we actually I think broke I a saw story. That. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, but this, you know, this is like an invention that comes out of uh, dealing with the limitations. I think before when we thought about producing our own media program, we thought we were thinking big, build a studio, high production values and do all this stuff. And what we found is none of that was applicable in a remote environment. And so we just we're using Microsoft Teams, for God's sake, uh, to produce this. And what it's taught us is even in a low, you know, low production value environment, we can create really valuable content and we can talk to almost anyone. So, you know, up there on the top left, those are three major health system CEOs. They want to talk to our audience um, and we can attract a big audience and we can be a center for conversation in the space around COVID and beyond. So that's been exciting. It's been a new aspect of my day every day and give me a lot more practice. Um, we did have to retool our entire website on the fly um, because all of these things that we were building, there wasn't a place on the site for them necessarily to be able to navigate our, as, as like literally the amount of content we were producing for COVID-19 just mushroomed. How do you get to it? Uh, became like a major challenge. Where do we house all this video? What about these pictures of the sites, you know, of these physicians that we had in their hero poses? Yeah. They look, you know, now they're in, you know, masks. Uh, so we needed to change everything about the tenor, the look, and navigation of our site to be able to accommodate all that and the marketing change too. Um, because we really pumped up 
you know, that messaging out there. We have repurposed our direct mail. Uh, our email was totally different, uh, you know, from membership ask to really uh, showcasing the work and making sure physicians had access to all these resources. And we're doing that organically through paid channels. Our social traffic, you know, is up dramatically. And we are leveraging these ambassadors that we built over the past two years to be able to tell that story for us out on, so on uh, different social channels. Um, you know, in the results to date, you know, it's been incredible for us. You know, from three years ago when audience was really not a metric necessarily, digital audience was not a metric to now where we, you know, we already are so far ahead of where that was and we doubled it again in the last two months. And we have met all our very, you know, aggressive goals that we set for us on uh, unique visitors and page views for the resources we're producing. Our social engagement has triple, tripled and, you know, we can tell because physicians are not shy about letting us know whether they're hearing from us and whether we're making a difference. And we are hearing that the answer is yes. It's been incredibly energizing, uh, you know, to us to be able to serve in this capacity over the last couple of months. And it's because the product is, is good and uh, the marketing is right. And they've come together across this organization. So that's, that's uh, all it, uh, that's all. Stop sharing this document and we'll go back to seeing each other. This is uh, really great. Thank you so much. It's so timely. I mean, it's touching upon everything we're talking about and everything we're going through. And what you've done as a ch uh, chief experience officer is really be able to capitalize on everything, but in the right way, where it is, as you mentioned earlier, it's not just about trying to take something to market for the sake of it, but make sure that there is some sort of um, benefit and value that um, immediately you can serve to the audiences. And in this case, it's just, it's brilliant. Um, everything you're doing from, from the product itself, the content, and then the delivery of it, because now everyone is um, on the online even more so now working from home or just trying to keep up with everything that's happening. Uh, some of those interviews you pointed out, um, I actually saw some of those with Chris Cuomo and that doctor that you mentioned. Um, so that's so nice to see that the AMA was a, a part of that. And uh, from the perspective, there was one thing that you mentioned that I want to highlight and emphasize on a little bit, which was the ability to uh, quickly see that there is a need and then be able to update the product and uh, deliver that experience in a, in a very fast moving way. And you talked about uh, your, how you redesigned the site with the team to make that happen. I'd love um, to just talk about that for a minute because when you are, there's several things going on, right? Um, there's, you have the content team that is delivering and building so much content and that's like this, its own work stream. And then you have this dire need that the physicians are, they constantly, they need a, a solid source um, to be able to look to, to get 100% accurate information. So making sure the quality and the facts are there. So that is taking place. And then, you know, you're coming in now with, uh, the digital team or the product team to, to see how can we quickly put this together. So can you talk to everyone um, on a high level of what that whole process is like? Because that can be pretty overwhelming when three things are happening at once and you're trying to now create an experience. You can end up having, um, figuratively speaking, sort of like train wrecks where everyone's now moving and trying to move so quickly and they can kind of veer off in their own direction or sort of knock into each other. And there's just Unfortunately, sometimes a lot of back and forth that happens. So you have hurry up and go and stop 
because there's something that's a bottleneck and that's missing in, in such a big uh, campaign or a big product like this. So how did you sort of manage that as a leader and how did you get everyone to sort of see, you know, that, that big um, North star at the end of the tunnel and then still be able to get them to stay in their swim lanes and deliver um, this really amazing experience that you're, you're sharing with us. Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, it didn't, uh, it could never have happened without the work that has happened over the past three years, because building that product infrastructure and building that human organization, which is, you know, we didn't have a digital publishing team before. We had like a news group and some, you know, analytics person in IT and a producer over there. And then, you know, we put those together. And over the past three years, we have built out a digital publishing organization. Like I'm, you know, I was used to before I came here with digital publishing metrics. And so we knew how to do that. We knew how to use content marketing to build a qualified audience. We'd done the hard work of the segmentation and our ability to translate that into direct marketing. And we built strong relationships across our organization with our various subject matter experts. Because my team, we know we're not doctors. We're, we're marketers and you know, digital people uh, and you know, writers. Um, and so we rely on them, the experts, to do that work. But we, you know, we've worked with them before and we've gotten, we've ironed out a lot of those kinks about how that's going to work. Um, but this was interesting because we, you know, certainly not in the time that I've uh, been there, have we, you know, experienced a kind of acute pandemic scenario. You know, we're used to working on like hypertension, like something that's been a chronic problem for a long time. Uh, this thing, you know, we just were seeing this in early January. And, you know, our antenna were up and the folks from the journal were already beginning to publish on this and learn. And we had to kind of, I think we created a, a new relationship in our organization with a, a group of the, where the scientists, the health and science folks are. Uh, they're the folks that have the relationship with the CDC and the outside uh, organizations. And so what we started doing was like building out like what were a set of stories about the virus when it was just coronavirus and working with uh, these in-house, uh, you know, in-house experts to vet that. Uh, and then what started happening is like, we started doing it more and more and more. And then there was like the Facebook Live conversation with our in-house expert. And then there was this, and then all of a sudden we had 20 things. And then it was like, oh, we actually start need to start organizing this. And we need to start looking at, uh, how this is going to go beyond just building out a set of resources because like there's that's doing one thing but there was this whole kind of movement out there that said like ama we're not hearing enough from you and so that's where we started working in partnership with people across the organization to say we actually need to put pen to paper uh, and say like what is this what's our pivot and we created this together that said like here is the kind of temporarily we're going to move into this strategy. Here are the three components of what it looks like. Hey, everybody, take the foundation of the work that you're doing in each of these areas and put it through the filter of this and see what you can produce toward that. And that leadership kind of, you know, from my team and from my colleagues across the organization, which I think has been fundamental to a very quick response that changed, you know, how we were being perceived out there. Uh, and made a difference. I guess that's, you know, that's the biggest thing. It's like you go home every night, you're like, wow, 
uh, made a difference, like in a you know, life and death situation. And, you know, be able to serve a, a group of people like this is like incredible feeling. That's just, it's so amazing. You know, it, it sounds so easy listening to you, um, how you describe it, but I know that I think you're being a little bit humble there as well. Um, and I think it's having a great group of leaders um, at the AMA that can come together and have that leadership mindset of, we see this need, um, we have this great opportunity in front of us. We have two options. We can kind of be afraid and sort of take like this slow traditional route of we might do one or two things, or we can adapt really quickly, put our heart on our sleeves, but also think like business people and really just try to figure out what are those specific needs we're going to serve, which in the presentation, you narrowed it down to about three or four different things that you were going after for the physicians to help them. And then be able to just allow that to grow, right? Where it's like, you notice it's like, oh, we have one digital channel. Now there's two, there's three. Now there's a whole set of multi-channel um, efforts that we're doing, but it's not just that we feel like, you know, this is something we do, we are uh, thinking of doing, but it's also a demand for it as well. So it's finding, it's using that intuition and that experience that you've had a lot in marketing products, uh, that whole digital experience, and then seeing the demand now and really being able to capitalize on it and uh, be able to scale and organize that. And that's such a great success story. I think that other companies can take a look at everything that you're presenting. And I'm, I'm so excited to be able to share this with them because uh, you have in a nutshell sort of gathered the entire spirit of the digital transformation and really been able to understand product marketing from the, the very beginning of product development, understanding product market fit, understanding all the people and the things that you have to piece together in the right order and the speed uh, to create the momentum and meet the demand in the market. And that's something that uh, you've really helped the AMA do successfully. And I'm just so excited. Um, I, I will be following AMA along even more now and just a lot of your work. And for anyone else that wants to follow up more with your work and what you're doing, and maybe even be able to interact with you on social, what are some of the ways that um, they would be able to do that? So for me personally, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I, I will share all our work past your desires. <laughs> so you'll, you'll see plenty of it there. LinkedIn is the place to be for serious minds. I will say that. So you'll get that. But uh, you know, I'm active across uh, almost every social platform at this point, and so is the AMA. Um, and so I, I think our, like, our social team is like, I, it's really, you know, the combination of our content and social teams, like it's really just gelled and the work that they do across uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, it's amazing. Uh, now YouTube, like our, you know, that's where it started to take off for us because of our video production there. So follow us on all these channels and uh, you can reach me uh, through LinkedIn. Awesome. And I'll make sure that I put all of those links um, when I uh, post this interview up so that everyone can uh, follow along. You know, even for a person that's a uh, non-medical, um, such as myself, I was joking with you early on that I was pre-med and uh, had a had an interesting experience. But now I, I find that I have an affinity for learning a lot of this knowledge and keeping up with it. And what better way to do it than hear from the first responders and the doctors themselves? And I think there is a place for me now too to come to the AMA and be able to consume this knowledge. This is my one of my primary sources that I can use along with 
maybe one or two other uh, media outlets that I use. So that's exciting. I'll definitely be sharing that with my network um, because we want to get the facts first, right? Before uh, a lot of the hysteria yeah. that's out there. So that's, absolutely, that's amazing. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Um, as we uh, wrap up, this has just been so amazing. So thank you again for this. I would just say I uh, didn't go to my last page in the, in the document, but uh, you know, I learned a lot of stuff through this process. Uh, you know, w one thing I just said, like step into that void, uh, you know, as marketers, like there are a lot of these defined, you know, organization silos. And, you know, if you want to try to see things to, you know, bring them together, be that, be that connector for people. And then I think, you know, opportunities like this uh, invite scrappiness and to embrace that. Uh, we have like the simultaneous thing where we're just by definition, we're all at home. We don't have the tools we would use normally. Uh, and the production expectations of people are way down. And so like all that perfection that you think you have to have and what you, you know, put out there, like release yourself from it and uh, think about it instead delivering what people want uh, and lower the bar on that and uh, you'd be really surprised. Thank you. That's words of wisdom because that is something we have to embrace when we're in technology and digital products is uh, having a certain threshold of of the value that you're delivering and there is no such thing as perfection when you're trying to move at the speed that we're trying to move at. So thank you again. I certainly appreciate it. Been a pleasure.